Transfiguration, late 14th century from the Latin transfigurarium, a change of form, noun of action from past particle, from trans, across, also, beyond. Transfiguration, traditionally seen as one of the pinnacles of Jesus' earthly life when he revealed his divinity to three of his closest disciples by means of a miraculous and supernatural light. Transfiguration, when Jesus met his ancestors and revealed to his disciples that he too was part of an ancient and wild tradition and that he too was a disciple and that he, like them, was not alone. I caught up with an old friend the other day, a friend I've known for over 30 years. We don't get to see each other very often because he lives interstate and we're both very busy. So it's been like moments of light breaking through over the years, little snatches of glory across the decades. Last week, I was up in Sydney from some work with the Assembly, looking at questions of justice and the wider Uniting Church, and I was lucky enough to go and spend the evening at Newtown Uniting Church, which has been running an evening service and community meal on a Thursday night for a number of years now. And I don't know if any of you have ever been into Newtown Uniting Church, but it's kind of extraordinary. Because on the outside, it's this broken down, battered, beautiful, holy building. But on the inside, when you walk in, your eye immediately goes to the ceiling and the ceiling is painted in panels, attempting to tell the story of the apocalypse. And it's kind of rococo and grotesque and gory and glorious all at the same time. And there are angels and devils and people are wrestling with dragons and there's quite a bit of nudity and some wings. And it's become a bit of a feature of the place. Anyway, I met with the minister and I went to worship and it was filled with all God's beggars. And the first prayer was for Turkey prayed out to the mouth of a toothless man sitting next to a woman in a wheelchair attached to a drip. Yes, everyone nodded when they heard the prayer. Yes. And it was then that I saw it. Transfiguration. These people so dusty on the outside were all aglow on the inside and that this glow, this crazy shiny grace was just dancing out of them just like it does for so many of our folk at the drop-in in St Kilda. Anyhow, back to my friend. Because I was in Sydney, that meant that I got to see him, and so we caught up in the middle of the Bondi Junction, sitting on plastic crates in a crowded mall, and he began to tell me of his work. He plays music and he works with children, children who are dying. And as he talked, his face began to shine like the sun. And he told me story after story of the families that he works with and the mothers and the fathers and the siblings and, of course, the young children, the children that have died. All those shining faces, faces that he had loved and he had lost over the last few years. And he told me of their courage and their rap songs and their attitude. He kept checking in with me. Is this too sad for you? He asked, is this too sad? I mean, I can stop. I can stop. And I said, no, no, let's keep going. It's not too sad. His face shone like the sun. 
Sometimes stories pour out of people like light, like water, like my cup runneth over. And that was what it was like for us in that hot hour in the middle of the day in the Sydney Mall. Then my friend said, it's like every loss, every child that dies becomes part of my cloak, like like a cloak that I wear. And, and because I've got this cloak, it means that when I go in to do my work, when I go into those hospital rooms, I'm not afraid because I carry all that love with me. One of the things that struck me about the transfiguration story this year is that so often we think that this is the story of something that just happens. You know, all of a sudden Jesus' face shines like the sun, his clothes become dazzling white, yada, 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 his friends shining like the sun, sun shining. And we can actually forget that Jesus and his friends, you know what, they they walked They walked for a really long time up a mountain. They probably scrambled over rocks. The sun was probably really hot. They got tired. Maybe they were running out of water. Perhaps there was an eagle circling overhead. Probably sometimes they slipped and they had to grab hold of each other. Maybe they grazed. Maybe there was blood. They put in the work. They put in the effort. And from this effort came the reward, the epiphany, the moment of seeing things shot through with glory as they truly are. Now, now this might all sound very Protestant, <laughs> hard work leading to grace, but unfortunately there is no denying that most of the time anyway. We do need to work for our moments of transfiguration. We do need to work for our moments of seeing God face to face. So yeah, a little bit of work, a little bit of practice. Are you a are you a practicing Christian? People ask me. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Have you got it right yet? No. So that's the challenge. But do you want to know the grace bit? <laughs> once you have had those glimpses, once you have felt that illumination in your heart. Nothing will ever be the same again because everything is now charged with the grandeur of God, shot through with glory. And we can wear that on the inside and on the outside like a cloak. And maybe it's a cloak made up of grief and maybe it's a cloak made up of love. But it's our cloak and we can put it on and we can go back down the mountain this day and every day and do the work 